Hello and welcome back, or welcome for the first time to Playtime. My name is Andrew Barnett. I am a child therapist who lives and works in beautiful Asheville, North Carolina. And this is a podcast dedicated to play therapy, coming at play therapy from a child-centered perspective. And today on the podcast, I want to chat about breakdowns and tantrums and emotional dysregulation through anger and rage and sadness and fear and whatever else happens to human beings when they lose it, for lack of a better word. And I think that as child and play therapists, that a lot of the children that we see are brought to us because they are breaking down too much emotionally. They are getting scared of things and refusing to do things. They are saying no a lot and putting their foot down and being stubborn to the point of getting really angry and yelling at people or shutting down completely or whatever it is that looks like for them. And that that tantruming, for lack of a better word, and dysregulation is why children get brought in in the first place. They get brought in because there's obviously a struggle and the struggle does not seem to be getting any better. In some cases, the struggle seems to be getting worse, and so they are brought in to try to have those struggles not exist for them as much as they did previously. And the intention there is fine and good in terms of, like, we don't want anyone in this world to struggle any more than they have to, and if a child is struggling to some extreme degree in their life and they're not able to do things and people aren't don't know how to support them, then yeah, of course, any child in that circumstance should come in to therapy. Of course, that family should come into therapy. Of course, we can try to find ways together to make that easier. And there's a lot of different ways that clinicians go about doing that. And here is how I frame those breakdowns for myself. And I'm going to try to generalize this as much as possible. This can apply to a child who is becoming dysregulated in a play therapy session. They're getting upset about a limit. They're, yeah, let's go with that. They're getting upset about a limit. This could apply to a child who's having a tantrum outside of a play therapy session. This could even apply to adults, or at least I relate to what I'm about to say in my own experience. I mean, I don't tantrum anymore, but I do get upset about things because I'm a person like other people. There is a cycle that can happen when someone becomes upset. They start to experience a rush of emotions. Maybe they're angry and need to form a boundary around something, and or they were scared, and then they're scared of the thing they have to do, and they've got to form a boundary. Anger essentially is forming a boundary between you and something else. So the first part of the tantrum is generally the creation of that boundary, saying like, no, I don't want to do that, or no, I don't want this person to touch this thing of mine, and for a lot of people and a lot of families... That is where 
the tantrum stops. That is where this sort of movement stops. Then there is a power struggle between the adults and the child's world and the child regarding the thing that the child is having a tantrum about, and they could be punished for that tantrum, or they could be tried to teach some kind of a lesson during that and after that, like, hey, that's not how we act, and that's why I put you in timeout, or whatever that circumstance is where the punishment is involved. It's been my experience, however, that... When children are given the space to move through that tantrum, in sessions that looks like us naming their emotion for them, naming what they want or what it is that they don't want, naming that they're potentially mad at us and providing alternatives to what they want, and if that still works, we're still in the same spot. We're witnessing them in their experience, we're naming their experience, and we're allowing them to have it. And that starts from minute one. I mean, understandably, in a play therapy session, we have an easier time than parents or teachers or someone like that, say, in terms of the amount of attention and intention that we're putting into the situation. We have a full hour, say, with this child, and that's all we're doing for that hour is witnessing them and accepting them and helping them move through things. And so in that sense, our job is is easier. I'm, I'm not trying to suggest that what I'm about to say is effective 100% of the time if you're in an environment where things need to happen and things need to keep moving and you're in a power struggle with this child because it feels like you have to be. I don't have a, a uh, magical remedy for that situation off the top of my head. What I can say, however, is that children in sessions who I have heard tantrum or get their back up or, you know, get dysregulated and and throw stuff around and throw themselves around and treat people poorly when they're upset. Children who are doing that outside of session manage to not do that in session when they are witnessed and when they are validated in their experience. Because generally, what I have seen occur in sessions is that that place can be moved through. That state of separation can be moved through, and that state of separation is not particularly comfortable if you're someone who's aged four or five or six for a long period of time. Those children in that cycle of tantruming generally seem to come back around and come back to a place of wanting to have connection and intimacy and acceptance and love and support following the tantrum. There is a cycle there of disconnection on the front end through the creation of the boundaries, through putting their foot down, through having this intense emotional experience on the part of the child that is 100% theirs. And then when that is moved through, wanting to be back into connection, from disconnection to connection, from autonomy to intimacy, there is a cycle that is there. That cycle, however, usually gets interrupted somewhere. I've heard a variety of reasons why that cycle gets interrupted. From the most common one that I've heard is that, ah, so my child had a tantrum, then they got, you know, in trouble, punished somehow, put in time out for being in this tantrum, then... They say that they're really sorry and they want to be close to me, but they're doing that because they're being manipulative, because they're trying to not be in trouble anymore. And perhaps 
there is some truth to that at times. People don't like being in trouble. Being in trouble or being, uh, you know, having the people in your life when you're a child who are the adults, who have the power in your world and who are your everything in so many ways, be disapproving of you is not a great place to be. And I'm sure that children and everyone do try to find ways to not be in trouble at times when they get into trouble. However, it can be a dangerous game to me when we're saying the logic in there is that my child is asking for, say, to be close to me, to be intimate with me, to be next to me. And I am then saying that I don't want that or I don't think that's a good idea because they they can't, you know, because they're trying to manipulate me at this time. This isn't genuine affection on their part. And I do feel like there is a way to provide that love and intimacy and respect and meeting that need for connection on their part on the back end of things while still holding whatever limit it is that it feels like it needs to be held while still saying that there's a consequence for things. I mean, I'm not personally in the boat of that punishment's do a whole lot. They don't seem to be very effective in guiding behavior in any sense. And, you know, a house that's run or a school that's run or any institution that's run on a, you know, because we have instilled enough fear in the consequences of the children that are in this environment that they behave. I mean, that is one way to go about getting children to behave if that is your goal is behavior management. I am uncomfortable with that being something that is, say, a go-to for certain things or a way to try to get someone to learn about the world. I do believe that there are ways to build relationships with children through empathy and mutual respect that are just as effective and make children more in touch with themselves and less in touch with their fear. But that's, I guess that's not entirely the point of this podcast at this point. But in some ways it is, because on the front end of a tantrum, it is very easy for us as adults to determine that we need to get our back up about this because we need this child to know that we're the ones who are in authority. Or they need to learn a lesson about whatever's going on here and that that teaching of the lesson or that, you know, determination to let them know who's in charge gets in the way of simply owning that you're in charge as an adult and reflecting and witnessing those emotions back to children. In the context of a play therapy session, what I think this can look like is I try to make an effort to facilitate tantrums and dysregulation as much as I can when I see dysregulation or like I can get excited inside of myself when a child is becoming upset about something because I want to be a witness to their cycle. It teaches me about them, like how quickly are they able to go from being super mad to not mad at all, or how quickly do they go from setting these firm boundaries and wanting to be separate from me to wanting intimacy again. If they're getting dysregulated Often, in session, do those dysregulations tighten? Do their tantrums tighten to the point where they're not as intense on the front end and they need less reassurance on the back end? Because what that cycle, what allowing a child to go through a tantrum 
allows that child to do is to have that full loop of experience that they start to understand themselves in relationship to their anger. If they know that they are witnessed inside of their experience and can be seen for what they want and who they are and what they feel, they don't have to uh, become quite as dysregulated to communicate that to us. If we have mutual respect built into our relationships, they can share what's going on inside of them without getting as upset as they did before. If we're consistent with our limits and with our expectations, then they have some idea of what to expect. If we are fluid and dynamic at times with our responses as adults, if we also are vulnerable about what we feel, if we also share when we're upset and they have a sense of what it's like to watch a person be upset, then that response can become less in themselves. Children are learning about their relationship to the world. Being a part of the modern world is not an easy thing. There are expectations that we place on children, and children are our windows to what it's like to grow up as a person in this world of ours. Children's struggles are a window into our own struggles. And for many of us, our struggles were long ago. It can be difficult to empathize with a child who is tantruming over something that seems silly. However... Arguing over the dishes is also something that seems silly. Arguing over who took out the trash is something that seems silly. Arguing over another person's tone of voice or really any number of things that we get caught up on as adults. I'm not coming up with a lot of great examples at the moment, but... When we're arguing about something silly as adults, like the dishes or something else, it hopefully is clear to us if we're really leaning into it that yeah something else is going on there are relational things here that need to be talked about there are larger issues than who did the dishes going on here and it's the same for children when they're tantruming there can be a focus on a particular object of need but that's not all that is going on with a child and exploring children's emotional dysregulation through a lens of curiosity can help us to be a little bit more understanding in the moment. If we're able to take the time to witness and reflect what's happening for them, we're able to explore deeper into this thing that's happening for them at this time, rather than simply putting a wall up, rather than simply reiterating an expectation or providing a punishment which is not helping us to understand this child anymore. It's simply trying to train them. And human beings, I believe, or more I hope, are capable of being more dynamic and interesting and awesome when they develop and evolve in contrast to being trained. It's certainly hard to look at things this way, and you know, when I'm with children outside of therapy sessions, this is a hard perspective for me to keep in mind. But when children have tantrums, it's often an opportunity. It's an opportunity to move through that tantrum. It's an opportunity for them to have something that they've been holding inside be out. It's an opportunity to have them witnessed in their experience, and it's an opportunity for them to go through this cycle of disconnection and boundary building and reconnection and to do that in a way that's that's safe 
that's contained and that they can then have those emotions moving forward and develop a different relationship to those emotions. In play therapy sessions, that's I like to have a lot of things around that a child could rip up, tear apart, destroy toys that I are durable or soft that they can take out some of what they're feeling onto to take their emotions to whatever place that they want or need to. And I do think it's important for us inside of our therapeutic spaces when working with kids to be able to provide outlets for that, to be able to provide a space where a child can be really physical and large, whether that's physically or verbally, and then to be able to come down and rest again and to move through that process themselves. I, I certainly would never intentionally dysregulate a child. I, uh, I think probably for most of us as play therapists and, you know, for me as well, even though I can get a little bit excited when uh, big emotions start coming into the room, but I still have an issue more often with trying to take a child's emotions away from them in some way, wanting to sugarcoat something, wanting to flavor something in such a way so that it's positive. But when I do that and when we do that, 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 that doesn't allow them to just have their emotion and there are few times when emotions feel quite as powerful and large than in like a full-on tantrum from a child there is something so raw and big about that space and it's freaking difficult for us as adults to stay present with it especially in public spaces especially when there's things to do but some simple witnessing on the front end some validation of what they're going through and being open to reconnection on the back end and not seeing it as manipulation can go a long way towards a child evolving into whoever they'll turn into next it's an awkward way to end but that is it for playtime today Thank you for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe, all of that good stuff. It helps the show get more reach. And I don't think I'm going to do the Patreon thing at this point. I haven't gotten the oomph to put up extra episodes each month. If you'd like to support the show, there's two things you could do. You could buy a book from the Child Centered Books series. You could also tell a friend about the show. I just like it when the show gets more reach and as always check out the stuff at barnettchildtherapy.com you can reach me at barnettchildtherapy at gmail.com and yeah see you next time